What is up, everybody? It's Nate, your host of the Kings of CONCACAF podcast, coming back at you with this next episode. Today, we're going to be talking about my most ideal roster as of um, mid-October 2021. So we're still, you know, a little bit um, out of reach to talk about anything having to do with the 2022 um World Cup roster. So this is my ideal roster as of right now. Um, so we're going to break this down by position, going to kind of say the name and explain why um, I think that they should be uh, in the team. So starting off in the back with the goalkeepers, I mean, these three guys, I mean, unless something changes drastically in the next year, they're basically all locks for the 2022 roster. Um, so I'm going to start off with Zach Steffen. I mean, he plays for Man City. Obviously, the one um, argument against him would be that he doesn't play that much at City because you have Ederson, who is arguably, you know, a top three goalkeeper in the world. Um, but obviously, when he does play, he plays well. When he plays for the U.S. men's national team, he plays well. Um, in my eyes, he's the number one. I know lots of people think that Matt Turner is the number one. I think Matt Turner is great, um, but for me, Zach Steffen's number one, and Matt Turner's like one B. So I don't think they're very far off, but I still have um, Zach Steffen with a slight edge. Uh, number two, Matt Turner. Like I said, one B, great uh, shot stopper, um, but his distribution's not great. He's not great with his feet, and that could definitely come back to um, hurt us and haunt us in the in the future. Uh, third goalkeeper is Ethan Horvath. Um, I think that he is deserve deserves a spot um, because of his heroics in the Nations League. I mean, he basically won us that game. I mean, it was it was unreal. The penalty save. He had a couple other good saves. So I think he deserves it over Sean Johnson. Um, also over a guy like David Ochoa. I mean, obviously it doesn't matter anymore because um, he's now with the Mexico national team, the traitor that he is, but that's besides the point. But even if Ochoa was available, I think Horvath deserves it over um, Ochoa. Now moving on to outside backs or full backs. Um, first, Serginho Dest. I mean, he, for me, is our best um, outside back. I know he gets criticized because he's a bit um, up and down with his play. He plays really well sometimes and then kind of disappears other times. So I understand that, but technically he is fantastic. He b- takes guys on, beats people. He had the assist the other night to Pepe. So, I mean, for me, he's he's fantastic He's one of the guys who's a lock in the starting lineup. I know people are going to disagree with me and say he's not necessarily a lock in that starting lineup just because of his inconsistency sometimes, but I think his ceiling is way too high um, to not include him. Um, number two, Joe Scali. He is an 18-year-old who is starting. He's a regular starter in the Bundesliga for um, Borussia Mönchengladbach. I think that he is is a fantastic player. I think it's criminal that he was left out of the October roster. Um, so for me, he should be in an, in every roster um, 
until proven that he should, doesn't deserve to be because he played really well in um, the Bundesliga. Uh, third, Anthony Robinson. He has um, not necessarily surprised the fan base, but definitely proven to us that he is what we all thought he could be um, in the last, you know, two months. He's shown up and played extremely well for his club and also for country. So I think he's a mainstay in the team for, you know, some definitely some time, hopefully for the long run, because that left back position was a little bit shaky for, um, you know, quite some time. We didn't really have the solid no, um, left back, but I think he's solidified his spot and that's great. Um, fourth guy, Brian Reynolds. I know he ha- doesn't play that much, um, and he hasn't really played for the U.S. men's national team, but I think for me, he plays at Roma, and he, you know, when he does get that opportunity, I know he doesn't get that much, but in the past, he's played really well, and for Roma, he's done what he needs to get done, so hopefully in January, he gets that loan move, he gets, he goes to a club that he can get, um, you know, sub- substantial minutes and reliable minutes so that he can continue to grow and be, you know, an option another option when you when you need someone. Um we saw uh in the game against Panama how our depth is really lacking in some areas and if we're able to have, you know, Brian Reynolds as a guy that's a solid number 2 at the right back position and then a guy like Joe Scally who's a solid number 2 at the left back position, I mean, I think we're we're in a really good spot. And then to wrap up the outside backs, I think Reggie Cannon deserves to be in the roster. Um, he's had a lot of criticism because he's he's also a guy that is um, slightly inconsistent. But I will say he is a is a leader on the team. I mean, for a guy that's not even that old to have like some leadership capabilities, and he does definitely play well um, sometimes. And I think he's better than. Um, a better choice than Yedlin. I know Yedlin is a guy who works really hard, but you know technically he's not that great. I think he's a better choice than Bello. Bello has not impressed me at all, um, and he's also clear of uh, Shockmore. So I think Regikin is the last um, of the outside backs. Now moving to center backs, um, the obvious first choice is John Brooks. Um, regardless of the fact that he didn't play super well in the September camp. I think he does um, definitely deserve to be, you know, always in the team because he is good. I mean, he's a top-level center back in the Bundesliga and has that experience, which many of the players in this squad do not have. He has, um, I think, 40-some caps for the USA, which is um, by, you know, on definitely on the higher side. Um, so that's definitely uh, good. Next is Chris Richards. Obviously, we haven't seen much from him for the USA men's national team, but he plays for Hoffenheim, who is a top-level club in the world, not only in the Bundesliga, but in the world. I mean, they're obviously they're not necessarily always getting Champions League minutes, but or Champions League games or qualifying. But Hoffenheim is a highly respected club in the world. So when you're young and playing for a highly respected club in the world. I don't I don't really think that you can argue against why Chris Richards should not be in the team. 
third, Miles Robinson. I think that he has burst onto the scene, as many people have have said, um, with his time in the Gold Cup, his success in the September window, and also um, in the October window. I think that he is bound for a big-time move to Europe in the near future, whether it be in January or next summer. Um, I think that he is a is someone that not only will get that move, but will play really well once he does get that move. Um, then we have Matt Miazga. For me, Matt Miazga, he's a guy that just understands what it takes to be a U.S. men's national team player. He has that um, grit, and you see that, that famous picture of him and Diego Lainez, who um, is the laughing stock of Mexico soccer, um, I am one that definitely makes fun of Diego Linus all the time because of his um, goal-scoring record, how he hasn't scored in almost three years for um, Real Betis. So, I mean, that's besides the point I'm getting. I'm going down a rabbit hole. But um, Matt Miazga gets it. He gets that rivalry with Mexico. He plays hard at all times, and that's really kind of what we need from a, a center back. So having him off the bench is fantastic because he can be that um, second string guy that you know if someone picks up an injury or they need to rest if we have a, a window where we're playing three games in you know seven days eight days whatever and we need someone to play you know give a guy relief or start or whatever it may be I think Matt, B- Matt Miazga serves a serves a, a good possibility in that aspect um, and then last for center backs Margaret McKenzie for me uh, he's he's had an up and down U.S. Men's National Team career. Obviously, the Nations League mistake was a big one, um, and then also, you know, he's had his ups and downs. He's been solid in some games, have been not so solid in some games. So, but I think he's still young. He's still trying to get a foot in with his, uh, you know, with his club in Europe. Hasn't really gotten substantial minutes there. I mean, he started some. He's been on the bench some. So I think if he can continue to improve with his club in Europe, um, he definitely should be and uh, in this in the in the roster at all times. Um, for me, we're gonna move on to. I don't know why I said for me, but whatever. Next, we're gonna move on to center mids. This for me is one of the more um, easy. Uh, group of people you know for me because I think that there's only one guy that I the one spot I should say that is you know kind of up for grabs so we have Tyler Adams who I am a I'm such a big fan of Tyler Adams for so many different reasons I've said before that he does all of the work that no one else wants to do and he does it better than anyone else can so he um yeah, I mean, that's really all you need to say. He's the man. He makes everyone else better, and he does stuff that no one else wants to do on the field, and that's something that is invaluable to the team. Uh, next, Weston McKinney. Obviously, um, there's not really much that is needed to say. He's a great player. Obviously, some off-the-field issues, but um, I think that he has gotten over that uh, that hump I think he definitely has gonna is gonna gain some maturity from that situation in September, and I really think that he's not gonna you know do anything stupid again because he knows that his spot is definitely in jeopardy if he were to make a mistake again, um, and I think that he needs to kind of uh, 
make sure that does, nothing else like that happens again, and I really don't think that he will. So, uh, and obviously McKinney is very talented, talented. So we need him. So I'm hoping that nothing else happens because he is definitely going to be useful in uh, the future. Next, um, we have Yunus Musa. He has impressed me a lot, especially in that first game against um, Jamaica. He um, really impressed me. I, this is going to sound um, almost silly because of how um, easy of a concept this is, but he takes the ball and pushes it into s- spaces and draws defenders um, like no one really on the USA team does. He t- picks up the ball in midfield, runs at the back line, draws defenders, opens up space on the wings, and we saw that. That's how that first goal was created. He, you know, dribbled and attacked their back line, and then that he drew, you know, two defenders, and he was able to then pass it out to Serginho Dest, crossed it, Pepe scored. So, Musa, I'm very, very excited about him. That was really the first we've seen him play in um, in important minutes in uh, for the USA men's national team. So I'm definitely very excited to see you know what he does and how he can improve in uh, the near future. Fourth, this is where um, it's not necessarily a drop off, but it's those three guys I think are the locks for the starters from for you know. The time being, unless something happens, but um, this fourth guy, Gianluca Busio, I'm a big fan of. Um, I think he plays really well when he comes on, and um, he's a guy that passes well. Um, he even can score. You've seen in the MLS, he scored free kicks and um, just you know goals within um, within possession. Also. Um, he scored in Venezia about a week ago, so I think his future is also very bright. I mean, obviously he scored, he um, signed, I should say, signed a professional contract at the age of 15, um, so he's destined for greatness, almost you could say. Um, so he should also be in the roster. Next, Luca De La Torre. Um, I think some people aren't aren't huge fans of him. Um, for whatever reason, I'm a big fan of him. He impressed me um, in, I can't remember what game it was. Uh, it was a camp, you know, earlier in 2021, um, but he played really well. And I think that um, he, you know, should be in the team from now on. And lastly, like I said before, this this guy, um, I have a love-hate relationship with um, just because of how he plays, um, and that is Kellen Acosta. Um, for me, he is very good sometimes, and he is very, very, very bad sometimes. The game against Par- Panama, he was very, very bad. The game against um, Mexico, or now, now I'm blanking on which game it was. It was one of the Nations League games, I believe. He... Um, yeah, I think it was Mexico. He's, he played very poorly in that game. He played well in the Honduras game, played very poorly in the Mexico game. So it, it it's – I think that he's valuable in a lot of ways because he can come in and play the six when we need him to. Um, sometimes you get a really good performance out of him. Sometimes you get a really bad performance out of him. But 
he has that experience. He's played in the last, I think, 18 games for the uh, the national team. So he has that experience, and I think that he has to be in this um, in this lineup slash roster um, for the time being until someone else takes a spot like maybe Caden Clark or Ledesma. I know Ledesma is like a center attacking mid, but um, for now, until Ledesma can come back from injury and Caden Clark can kind of solidify himself um, a little more, hopefully maybe when he goes to Leipzig in January. But for now, Kellen Costa should be in the roster because he is valuable in some ways. Um, Yeah. So, moving now into... uh, into the forwards, obviously Christian Pulisic, there is little that I can say to convince anyone. He's cl- he's clearly the best player um, for the U.S. men's national team. If you disagree, I don't really know how. I mean, I think when people say he's not, it's it's all has to do with recency bias. When you have, you know, guys like Pepe scoring big goals people start to say, oh, we don't need Pulisic, or when Giorena played well in the Nations League, or when Weston played well in the Nations League, people are saying, oh, we don't even need Pulisic, he's not even the best player, you know, blah, blah, blah. But for me, Pulisic is still the best player on the team, um, and I don't really think it's that close. Uh, Ricardo Pepe is second. Obviously, he has impressed um, greatly for this team he scored now um three goals in three games panama is uh i don't really know if i can count that as a full cap he i mean obviously he came in but he came in for 23 minutes or whatever it was and um so yeah three goals three games but we're just gonna say three goals two games to um boost him up a little bit because i do think that he is is very good um, next, Gio Reyna. Um, I think he is our second best player. I think that um, when you have a guy that is scoring, assisting on a very normal basis for the second best team in Germany and uh, a Champions League uh, mainstay, I think it's it's phenomenal. I think he is uh going to be a phenomenal player for us and I think that um, he could potentially one day pass Pulisic people say are cl- and are claiming that he already has passed Pulisic but I, I don't I don't think so I don't think that is the case yet but I do think Gio Reyna has a very high ceiling and he is a fantastic player next Brendan Aronson he um, for me might be my favorite player on the US men's national team right now I think um, that's for a couple reasons. Um, I'm a Philly guy, um, so obviously Brendan Aronson coming through the union, I have a little bit of bias there. But I will say he has 12 caps, 5 goals, 4 assists. Um, That's fantastic, um, uh, you know, output for a guy that um, really wasn't, you know, in even the question barely in the question at the beginning of the year he he came into the camp um that all mls camp that greg burhalter had he ended up scoring but um i think that he's proved himself in in europe for salzburg he scored big time goals um assisted well 
played well, played very well for the U.S. Men's National Team. So I think that he is a guy that needs to be in this in this roster. Um, basically, no matter what, honestly, he has earned himself a starting spot for me. I mean, when Gio comes back and Pulisic comes back, we'll kind of see what happens there. He may end up losing his starting spot, which I'm not that upset about because of the talent that we have with Pulisic and Reyna. Um, but we'll kind of see what happens because Aronson has that energy that it's infectious, as many people have said. He runs, you know, basically in nauseam. I mean, he he runs so much and tri- chases balls, you know, does whatever he needs to do. Um, so, yeah, big fan of Aronson. Next is Tim Weah. Um, he played really well when he came on in the Jamaica game. He has played really well for Lille. Um, obviously, he played for PSG in his past, so I think the ceiling for him is is very high. He's another player where um, he is a little bit up and down with his production. Sometimes he plays really well. Other times he kind of disappears. Um, but I do think he still deserves to be in the roster. Then we have Matthew Hoppy. Matthew Hoppy is someone that um, I think deserves, you know, some respect. Uh, he made a move to Mallorca. He started his professional career in Germany at Schalke, was scoring hat tricks um, with uh, Schalke in the uh, in a very bad Schalke team, I might add. Um, so that's really impressive. Last forward I have is Josh Sargent. Obviously, Josh Sargent hasn't produced very well um, for the U.S. Men's National Team or for his club, um, for that matter. So, I mean, I wouldn't be super upset if he was left out. Um, But for me, for now, he's still young. He has scored in the past. So I think that the potential is still there. um, And I think he deserves a spot um, in the camp and in the roster, I should say, for now. So that wraps up my um group of you know guys that I think should be in this roster it's a it's a group of 26 players um and I think that's for me 26 seems about right I think maybe you go as high as 28 but um if you go higher than 28 then it gets you know a little bit uh you know unnecessary almost because you bring guys that are just basically never gonna play um so, so yeah, so I'm going to just quickly go through the notable, notable players left out. I'm not going to go nearly as in-depth as I did um, the people that I believe should be included. So first notable player left out, Sebastian Legette. Um, really not a big fan of him in, the, um, in, in recent times. Obviously, he played really well in the beginning of 2021, but, you know, he, hasn't, he scored one goal in his last 13 appearances. So, um, yeah, leaving him out. Paul Ariola is actually, which I just learned today, he's the highest um, minute um, getter, I guess you say. I don't know. I'm, I'm blanking on the right word. But uh, he has had the most minutes under Greg Berhalter, more so than any other player um, in the roster since Greg Berhalter has been hired. And that is a little bit shocking to me considering the talent pool that we have. But, you know, Greg being Greg third guy is Daryl DK for me he is a guy that I wouldn't mind uh switching with uh Josh Sargent you know that's 
almost interchangeable, but uh, maybe not quite. Gerald DK is a guy who had um, done really well for Barnsley, but uh, not great with the ball at his feet, and that's kind of why I left him out. Next is uh, Jordan Peefock. He's someone who has played really well for his club team, but has never really done much for um, for the USA, so that's why I'm leaving out leaving him out. Next, Conrad De La Fuente. I think he um, will be in this roster eventually. He did get the nod in September, but for me, he is someone that um, didn't impress in September, had really good, um, was in really good form for Marseille, but now has kind of fallen out. So until he can get that form back up with Marseille and... um, can start assisting and scoring again. I don't really think that he deserves to be in the roster quite yet. I think he will be, but not right now. Next is Walker Zimmerman. He is someone who I actually think has played really well when he does come on to play, but I, I don't necessarily think he deserves to be in the camp over guys like Mackenzie um, and Miazga. Maybe eventually he'll, he'll earn that spot, but he's a guy that I'm not super... Um, disappointed if he if he doesn't make it next DeAndre Yeldon um kind of you know another guy who is has very high ups and fair very low downs so um obviously he has that experience he was part of the 2014 World Cup um him and John Brooks are the only two players that are that were featured in that that are still in the pool so He's a guy that would be nice for his experience, but his playing level is um, not super high in that aspect. Last, but certainly not least, the one of the most notable players left out would be Jossie Zardes. I am not a fan of Zardes at all. Obviously, he had a decent um, gold cup, but not a fan. I think that he is extremely inefficient, ineffective. Um, Him and Leggett, for me, are the two guys that I really dislike that are mainstays, it seems like, in the the pools. So I hope that I never see Zardis again in any U.S. men's national team um, uh, jersey, I should say. I don't know why I was blanking. But, um, yeah, so hopefully you got guys like DK, PFOC, um, get the shot over Zardis if someone is um, going to have to go in the camp. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my uh, most ideal roster as of mid-October 2021. I'm sure that'll change. we got some prospects coming up. Um, Paxton Aronson has looked good. Caden Clark, Ledesma. Um, you have guys like Sam Vines who could, has played, um, for the USA in the past and might be able to, um, play for us again. You have Leon Flock who plays for the union, who was, um, on the preliminary roster for the gold cup, who was an absolute workhorse that we might see in the future. Um, you know, there's lots of guys that are in the pool that, you know, are young Um, but might eventually get their shot. But for now, this is my most ideal roster. This is the roster that I don't necessarily think is going to happen because of um, 
you know, Greg, he really likes his MLS players. There was also a report saying that um, the USSF is trying to prioritize more um, MLS players. And I, I'm not even necessarily against players from the MLS playing. I just think that it should be the best players are in the camp, regardless of the fact that they play in the MLS or if they play in Europe. And I think it's um, discriminatory, especially against guys that might be able to make the camp, like um, Josh Sargent. He was a guy that didn't make the October camp, um, and there was a report saying that the reason why he didn't was because the USF, USSF um, pushed Greg to um, bring in more MLS players. So uh, I, don't, I just don't even know what to think with that. Um, yeah. So we'll kind of see what happens with the November camp, who is brought in, who is left out. Um, and I'm sure you'll hear me um, and my thoughts on that because I'm sure I will not be happy because Greg does not normally make me happy. So, um, yeah, we're going to wrap it up there. Thanks so much for listening. This is the Kings of Concacaf podcast, and I will see you next time. <laughs>